All right. Here we go. Once again, another hour of this, but this is going to be good because I'm bringing some people to you. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Podcasts are available on the free Odyssey app. Don't cost nothing. Joining me now from uh, Greenville, South Carolina, he is the post commander at the uh, post three of the American Legion. He is also uh, a member of the animal control unit within, uh, I guess, Greenville County. Uh, and, uh, well, he's he's turning into a buddy of mine and everything. Joining us now is Rich Cochran. Big Rich, how you doing, sir? Doing great. Tell me about the things that people don't know about Post 3 that's right there on the corner of Main Street and Academy. How old is that building? Uh, the building was, uh, they started building it in 1933. Uh, we moved into it in 1934. Um, the rock and everything for the building was quarried locally from Traveler's Rest and brought down to Greenville to build the building. It seems like a very solid place. If things were coming our way, I'd want to go get down there in that nice little basement that's down there in the basement, surrounded by the rock and the concrete. That that looks like a very safe place to be when things are coming your way. But then when you go upstairs, you've got a you've got a military museum to rival any I've ever seen before in my life. I did not know that was there. A lot of people don't. We run into I have people come in. Um, I do a rotation. Um, when we're open, uh, sitting in there, uh, being available when people come to visit. And they come in, and they, uh, more than once I've heard, this is the best-kept secret in Greenville because they've been here their whole life and never knew we were there. Some of the stuff you got in there, it, it's it's sort of bad when you go in there and you you remember your military service just like it was yesterday, and then you look in the uh, – at the American Legion War Museum, and your uniform is there as an artifact. <laughs> well, the good thing is we have, we have memorabilia from all generations, uh, from World War One all the way up to current day. We've got stuff. Uh, we've got the uniform from Saddam Hussein, even. Um, yeah. How current are some of the things we have? Uh, the museum is free for anybody that wants to come visit. We're open from ten to four on Saturdays and one to four on Sundays. We do group tours for schools and other groups all by appointment. Uh, we simply do that so we can make sure we have enough veterans on hand so that we can give the groups the attention that they deserve. In other words, if we can have five students to one veteran or something, we try to keep a, a, a ratio where we can answer their questions and, and everything when they're going through there. What's coming up in the uh, fall holiday season with, uh, with the American Legion here at Post 3? Well, um, we have coming up at the literally it's right at Christmas when this when this takes place. It's called our Goodfellas. Um, it's our basically what we do. The Goodfellas we do put together food boxes. This is our 99th year of doing this. Um, we do anywhere from 700 to a thousand boxes, and I say boxes because. When we pack these boxes of food for these needy families, it's 40 or 50 pounds of food. It's not one meal. It's we're feeding the family for several days, even a, you know, up to a week's worth of food uh, that we do this. 
um, and it's all for veterans and non-veterans, you know, in need in Greenville County. Now, is there somewhere that people could go and, uh, volu- you know, donate food for this? How do you, how do you guys gather the food? Um, we have a uh, we have a, a grocery store that we've been working with, and they provide us the food just about basically at cost at their cost. So our biggest thing is we need the money to be able to do it. Um, over the over the last couple of years, our costs to do this have gone up over twenty five percent. Sure. Uh, we're literally looking at this year to do it somewhere in the neighborhood of sixty thousand dollars to be able to, to to feed the people in need in uh, in Greenville County. And so people understand how we do that. We use United Ministries and the Veterans Affairs Office of Greenville County. They're the ones that provide us the names for the families in need. So you know if you so if you know somebody that's in need, particularly a veteran. Typically, the Veterans Veterans Affairs Office knows about them. United Ministries knows you know, a lot of there's churches and stuff that reach out to them. Hey, we've got this family that needs help, and uh, it is an awesome time. We um, last year when we were doing this, it, there, there's a, there's more than just the money. We also have groups that come out because what we do is we'll go out one night the, the one night before. And we will, because we'll have the food all staged in a warehouse, and we will basically, uh, for military guys, we have a working party. Um, we have people, volunteers that come in. We have Boy Scouts, Boys Life, Girl Scouts, other groups that I know I'm, not, I'm forgetting to name, but they come in and we pack those boxes. And in literally a couple of hours, we can pack all those food boxes with the assembly line setup that we do. Um, it would again make a veteran proud. See how quick we can get an assembly line going. Um, <laughs> One thing about the American right? Legion: there's no shortage of volunteers to help with that kind of thing. Not the that. amazing thing is we have some. We have a lot of people that um, they don't have any uh, affiliation with the Legion or even veterans groups. Just um, civilians. You know, hate to use that term, but you know, people in the public that want to come out and, and just help out. And so they come out and volunteer to help load boxes or on the next day when we hand them out to come help hand out the boxes. Um, last year when we were doing the, the packing, I was talking to one family. They'd gotten there real early because they wanted to get a good spot in the assembly line, an area that they wanted to work. And this was their, I believe, sixth year coming out to help fill the boxes. And they were bringing their daughter, who is she's either 12 or 13, but they've been bringing her since she was, I guess, six or seven years old, because they want her to come in and and help, and help her understand the joy of giving and serving other people. Well, and that's that's what I like because you guys are doing some stuff with the, with some young people, and uh, that's much better than some of the things that are happening to young people today. To have a have a bunch of guys who have sacrifice for the country getting out there and teaching them how how well that can work and what that does for the community when they do it so and you guys will be hearing more from the legion because i'm going to track down big rich later on this weekend and join this particular post this is going to be my post uh i've got to take my dd214 which i got right over there behind me big rich and uh, i got i found my slip and everything and i'm going to go we're, we're going to hook this up 
We are going to hook this up. I will be a member of Post 3. Um, I want to thank you for taking the time to join me. we got another member of Post 3 coming on right behind you. Uh, he's listed in my phone book as uh, Legion Dave Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> so and you know what he's going to be talking about but uh stuff you do uh if anybody wanted to help you out with it is there any way for them to contact you to to say i'd like to help with this if i could yes they can just uh they can just call the the post number um and i don't have it directly in front of me um but one quick thing i want to get in there there's yes. a lot of ways for veterans to serve uh, in addition to working with the uh, Goodfellas program, we have, of course, they, uh, if they're a member, they're welcome to come in and volunteer at the museum. Um, they can be part of our Legion Riders motorcycle group if they're motorcycle riders. We have the American Legion Baseball, our oratorical contest, which I think is what uh, you and uh, Colonel Rogers are going to be talking about here in a minute. Right. And uh, we also have our color guard, and they render last honors for veterans at veterans' funerals and do a lot of color presentations at many public events. You've seen them out at the baseball games. And matter of fact, they've got a high school that asked them to do the colors for their home games this year. Um, all that stuff, all that stuff you're describing, everything, that's uh, that's something you guys have been doing for year in and year out. Nobody knows about it. But uh, I'm running sort of long on this, so I want to thank you for joining me. we got uh, Colonel Dave Rogers coming up next, and he's going to tell you about something he does with the high schools. With the children, which I think is a splendid program. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. This is true rock and roll. Go ahead and turn that up. Pretty Woman. Van Halen edition. With a virtuoso. We won't see the likes of Eddie Van Halen again. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Joining me now. From American Legion Post 3 is... Lieutenant Colonel Dave Rogers, retired. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Or good morning. Good it's morning. still morning, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it's still one morning thing, one me. thing, one thing you need to know about me, Lieutenant Colonel, because when you know I was just an E five, lowly non commissioned officer. So whenever a Lieutenant Colonel would roll up on me, I never got out there and said, "Oh, it's just a Lieutenant Colonel." They were all colonel to me because they were all my battalion commander. So if I roll up, I know that you correct people from time to time. So when I well, roll up and call I'm you. Not gonna, I'm not going to correct you, but just please call me David because I, I retired no one and I've been loving life at the Legion since then. Very good. In addition to loving life at the Legion, you have a very ambitious program. It's been going on for a while, but at stake here is some uh, some scholarship money for some young people in the high schools and everything in this area, in the, in the in the upstate area. Tell us about this program. This is the um, American Legion High School Oratorical Scholarship Program. Uh, it's a long title, 
but essentially it's a constitutional speech contest open to all 9 through 12th grade public, private, homeschoolers. And you're right, scholarship money comes with this. Um, but again, it's about developing a love and a, just a knowledge of our Constitution and how valuable a document it is. Now, with this, it also is going to teach, because this is where they're going to have to get up and do a little public speaking about the subject matter, right? They're going to be given the subject matter. They're going to be assigned the 10th Amendment. And then they've got to get up there and study this amendment and then get out in front. And this is where the oratorical part comes in, because they're going to have to do a little little public speaking with this, aren't they? Right. The first part of this at the local level is an 8- to 10-minute speech on some aspect of the Constitution that they have to develop, prepare, and give from memory uh, in front of judges uh, at the post there on uh, Academy in Maine. After that, the winner goes on to the quadrant contest for in the state. And at that point, they will deliver their same eight to 10 minute. But now we will have an assigned topic. As you mentioned, in this year, the topics are the Second Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the 23rd Amendment, and Section 3 of the 25th Amendment. So they won't know which one of those four will be selected until the morning of the contest. And then they have to get up and do a three to five minute presentation on that. Again, from memory, no notes. See, that's, that's splendid. I mean, I, and uh, how many did, how many people out of this area did you have last year? We had four, four. contestants, uh, all from one high school. And again, this goes, I just sent out the email to all the public schools, private schools, and uh, I'm working on homeschoolers right now. But there's heavy competition. I mean, a lot of people don't realize the growth of the speech and debate program in high schools that's come about. Some call it forensics program or whatever. But speech and debate is big. And it, it takes place all throughout this area, the state, regional, you know. And we're in competition kind of with that. So we've had some students that I wish I could participate, but I've been signed up for a, a speech and debate program. But, you know, it's a great opportunity for scholarship money. Surely we can do better than four out of this upstate area. I mean, I, when I came to this school district from Columbia in 1976, it was like going from a third world country to a university here in the United States. I, I've always thought that this educational program up here was a little bit a, a step above. Now I haven't been involved in it since my 32 year old graduated from high school. So I don't know what it's like today, but surely there's more than four that would want to participate in this and get some money to go to school. Yep. We would hope so. But again, just the, the busy lifestyle of teens, you know, whether it be, sports, working, whatever. And the contest is not until January. So I'm advertising it now because it does take preparation and deconfliction, uh, establishing priorities, rehearsal, and all like that, and a lot yeah. of research. The, the, the students must do this essentially on their own. Now, there are points of contact within each school that they can go to and say, I'm interested in it. So, you How know, would they find those points of contact? They can either just 
the best place to start with is uh, the guidance office because, you know, they kind of have a pulse on what's going on. I've also sent the email to the principals. Um, but if they wanted to email me, they could, and I would be glad to uh, provide them the points of contact within their school. Well, here's my question. Um, these parents that hear about this here, if they go to the school and they mention this, what would they mention to the school that they want their kid to be involved in? The American Legion Oratorical Contest. There you have it. I, you know, I know there's a bunch of you out there that got kids that would love to be a public speaker. And uh, being a public speaker, is a, it is an acquired taste and everything else, and it does take it. But the thing about this, you're not allowed to coach these kids, right? This is something they have to do all on their own. No. I communicate with them sometimes via phone or email, but I really don't have any interaction with them, nor does anyone within the Legion to coax them on what to do. We treat everybody on a, you know, a, a level playing field and don't really see them until they show up uh, the morning of the contest in January. Right. So this is really something that your child would have to do on their own. You'd have to help them. You'd have to help them uh, prepare and everything else. And, uh, and, and, and the state no, winner, yeah. I would just add, the state winner for South Carolina would come away with uh, $4,500 in scholarship for this year. And if they're a ninth grader, they can come back in 10th grade and win more, earn more scholarship money. And 11th grade, we've had some repeat winners throughout the state over the years. Right. Well, I mean, that, that, that amount of money just about pays for a trade school. Exactly. I, yeah. And, so I mean, and the, and the national the national winner uh, earns twenty five thousand plus in scholarship money. So you could get a trade school and then a first year of college, <laughs> <laughs> depending on where you're going. Anyway, this is a very it's a very very worthy project, and it's a very and how long have you how long has this been going on? We, gosh, I took it over from uh, Joel Heiser, and he had been doing it for 15 years and i'm in my fifth year but as a national contest we're in our 86th year of this all this stuff happening i mean american legion they've been they've been active for 99 years it's been going on for 86 years most of us didn't even know it i didn't know it and here's something you can get your kid involved in uh before i run out before i run out of time here colonel i want to thank you for taking the time to join me today and when I do walk up on you, you know, just remember, I, it's easier for me to remember you as Colonel. Fewer words makes it better for Bill, okay? Well, Bill, I've got your business card, and the uh, the picture <laughs> on it is rather intimidating, so I will uh, keep that in the forefront of my mind. Okay, yeah, he's got the lock and load business card with the glamour shot of me shooting the fire-breathing dragon. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you very much, yeah. sir. Thank you. Thank you yes. so much for having me. Yes, sir. It's my pleasure. All these all these things happening right here. Now, this is what Greenville does. Let's talk about what New York City is doing to the same sort of group of people that are out here trying to actively make the community better. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD.
Ah, uh, yes. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 905 Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. It's sort of ironic. <laughs> I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. I just pushed all those buttons to make that happen. And podcasts are available at Odyssey on the free Odyssey app. Uh, straight Talk, Lock and Load, all these other things. Before I go on to something coherent and I hope logical to you, let me address this one texter, may I? Here we have a, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'll look at that in just a second. So I got, what, what is he wanting to know? Oh, they have male f- baseball and softball teams for youths. Okay, cool. I just started with those guys. I'll, I'll get to all that stuff. That's not an issue. Anyway, here's the text. Let me tell you something, fratty. Whether they are being the founding fathers, Donald Trump, or you don't get to self-appoint yourself to tell me that I have to follow this old, outdated, obsolete constitution, which you originally wrote as construction, that was written by a bunch of hypocrites. There's nothing that, I, that says I have to follow this document to the T, and you want to trash cities like Philadelphia or Chicago being real with crime because they're blue states that... It doesn't have nothing to do with that. You've got the same stuff going on right here in this state in your backyard in Greenville County. You might walk out of the store and get pocketed today, Friday. It doesn't have to be Philadelphia or Chicago. But it isn't. Is it? You mental midget. I mean, it's very easy just to find my name. You're up here. and I mean, it's, it's even in the text. You see it. You can't even get my name right. And as for your incoherent rant about blue cities, it's not because they're blue cities. It's because this could happen anywhere. It doesn't happen like it does in Chicago here, does it? I'm sure that we have our issues here. I didn't say anybody was perfect. But while you're sitting there ranting, I mean, I, I kind of wish you'd called in. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy to take something like you and put you in the plasma blender. That's just sheer stupidity to sit back and say that we're like Philadelphia or Chicago. It is. I can find out. I can get with our law enforcement. I'll find out how many Glock switches we find in South Carolina, in Greenville, South Carolina, in Spartanburg, South Carolina. In Chicago, they found nine. One time, they found nine Glock switches. So these guys were engaging in a uh, fully automatic gunfight. But that's okay. You go ahead and rant, and uh, I don't. I'm not too worried about you not knowing how to spell my name or anything because I don't know you. You seem a little off to me. <laughs> but go rant somewhere else. Why don't you? That's all you get from me. Ahead of these elections in the Democrat blue city of New York, they're going to take money away from the senior citizen meal programs, daycare, and inmate rehabilitation. And spend it on $300 a night hotel rooms for illegal immigrants. Not migrants. Illegal immigrants. Migrants come through the, you know, through the ports of entry and declare themselves to be migrants and go through all the steps. Illegal immigrants come across Joe Biden's open border. And then they get bussed to New York City by Abbott. The projected cost of housing migrants is $4.3 billion between April 2022 and July 2024. And you remember now, Adams got out there and said, we're going to have to make cuts. Well, how about you just round these guys up and take them to the border? 
Why aren't you doing that? Why? How much would it cost to round them up and take it to the border? Probably wouldn't be $4.3 billion. So to manage the expenses of the illegal migrants, as he puts it, he says the city's planning to trim services as, such as library hours, meals for senior citizens, reentry programming for Rikers Island prisoners, and free full day care for three-year-olds. There's your blue city. There's your blue city. Now, and we get this, if you're 60 years of age or older and having difficulty preparing meals, you may be able to receive nutritionally balanced home-delivered meals. But thanks to this, they're not going to be getting these meals. I, I, you know. Then there's Frank Tomorrow, 95 years old. Korean War vet. You know, when you hear about somebody being a Vietnam vet, you're talking about a man that's in his 70s or 80s. This guy's 95. He was in a war in the 50s. And he's been kicked out of a Staten Island nursing home to make way for the illegal aliens overwhelming New York City. He was given six weeks to get out of the Island Shore senior residence when it was sold to the city authorities last month. So that's what blue cities do. That's what blue cities do. On the text line, Bill, the worst state for education is West Virginia. Deep red. Dead last 50. Well, I'm, you know, I'm talking crime here. And I'm talking, I'm talking policy here. And West Virginia is under the same Department of Education as every other state in the United States. So... I'd have to take a pretty good look at that, but I'm going to take a pretty good look at it just because I'm interested in that now. Out there, some asylum seekers are genuine, but most are economic migrants, as they say, and they want to take advantage of the city's generous welfare programs, which will break them. They will break New York City. Every, they're, if they're going to cut everything just to take care of these people, they're going to break them. If millions of people cross our border every year, roughly a quarter million announce their presence as required by law to apply for asylum, the conclusion is obvious. Now, if you're somebody running from Venezuela because they're after you, that's legitimate. Or the Vietnamese boat people who fled the communists in 1979. Now, Adams is out there blaming everybody under the sun, but uh, you know if you didn't have a three hundred dollar a night in a, yeah, I've never stayed in one of those. If you didn't have that for the illegal aliens, they probably wouldn't flock there. So, Manhattan, you voted for this, just like Chicago. This is what you get, and in the end, in the meantime, the people that need the help the most loses it. Be proud. How long is this shutdown if it happens this Saturday? Tomorrow? How long do you think it'll last? And will you notice it? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Well, they say we're going to have a shutdown. And, uh, you know... I myself am like, big deal. Are we going to notice? Do you, know, do you know who this affects? There's 
300,000 federal workers that will be affected by this. Air traffic controllers, border patrol agents, FDA inspectors, and a few other essential employees are going to be working for free. And this is, this is what they sign up for, okay? This is what they sign up for. So I don't feel bad for them because when they do come back, they will get paid. Social Security and Medicare will continue to pay. For those of you that are on this and you're worried about this, they will continue to pay. If you're trying to sign up for it, there won't be new, any new clients during this time because there will be nobody there manning this. Everything else is, uh, you know, uh, it's automated. If Iran attacks, our soldiers would presumably fight back. The VA will continue to pay benefits. Defense contractors are going to have to wait to be paid for all those shiny new toys the Pentagon ordered. And then there's the FAA, because they're facing a double whammy. They need to be reauthorized to function, plus they won't have any money to pay employees. Planes won't be dropping out of the sky because the air traffic controllers will work without pay. But the training of new air traffic controllers will cease. Work on technology upgrades will be disrupted, and they would lose more than $50 million a day in revenue from taxes on airline tickets and fuel that helped to fund their operation. So it's going to be a mess, but it's not going to be a catastrophe. The meat you buy at the grocery store will still be inspected. The inspectors might be grumpy, though. And all of those essential federal workers who show up every morning knowing that their paycheck will be delayed. And the question would be, how long? And are we going to notice it? And nobody sees this being brief. And if the House Republicans want to push things to the wall, we might be celebrating Thanksgiving before the government is completely back to work. But here's the thing. Very few of us are actually going to uh, be affected by this, except for federal workers. I don't wish them ill. But one of the reasons they sign up for this kind of job, I mean, it was offered to me when I got out of the military, there's a few places it came to me, uh, is because of, I mean, being a federal worker is a very cushy job to have. It, it doesn't really matter which one you have either. And uh, most of the people that work for this, they're middle class, you know, supporting families, going to church on Sunday, paying their taxes. On the text line, I'm being told. So the non-essential workers will basically get a, a free vacation, correct? That's sort of what I understand. I'm not really sure about the details if they get full back pay when they return. But I'm, you know, in any event, the thing that I'm, the point I'm trying to make is most of these people that will be furloughed will be part of the deep state. So this means that there's a lot of things that are happening right now that will cease happening while this is going on. A lot of bad things. Now, there's some out there that think the far-right members of the Republican conference have forced McCarthy's hand because McCarthy made a deal to limit non-defense spending in 2024 to about $1.6 trillion. That would be a cut from current spending levels. He made this deal, and the they've demanded a lower spending level, and they threatened to boot him from being you know, in speakership if he does not comply. So instead of coalescing and being cohesive and getting together and saying, okay, we don't want to do this. What are you willing to do? How are you willing to meet us? They just decided, these are our demands. Take them or leave them. And if you don't like them, we're kicking you out. That's not, you know, that's... I kind of wish I was in the middle of that crowd. And uh, we get Representative Michael Cloud 
One thing you're seeing in the Republican majority is we are rewriting the muscle memory of how Congress works. So I guess we're going to make these deals and then break them. Which means nobody's word is good for squat. And there'll be some people think this is a great idea. Now, I myself, I don't care if they ever come back. Because we don't notice them. <clears throat> How many companies do you know out there that has 300,000 employees? We're going to send 300,000 home because they're not essential. And yet they're on the payroll now. Being asked, who do I think will take uh, Feinstein's seat now that she has passed? Coming out of California, who knows? I mean, somebody made, I think, did Newsom make a, a promise that it would be a black woman? So they'll probably hold themselves to that. Because it's California. Might be, I mean, do we want to think about Senator Adam Schiff? <laughs> is that what we want to think about? I don't know who it is. I certainly hope it isn't Senator Adam Schiff. I, I certainly do. Back to this, this, this shutdown. Listen, government, our government right now, as it is working, is not working. So by it shutting down and not being able to spend money, that's a good thing. I haven't broken it down to how many dollars they spend per day, but for every day they're down, that's a day they're not spending money. That's a day they're not coming after you. Listen, I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Have, a, have an outstanding weekend. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.